0: Welcome to welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max,
1: and I'm Tina,
0: and we are here to discuss season two, episode nineteen of Classic Charmed.
1: Ex libris, from the book.
0: Uh,
1: I okay. I don't want it to be a thing where we dissect episode titles, titles every episode, but but here we are. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're not going to go into a whole thing about it, but also... This
1: one should have been called Publish or Perish.
0: It's right there. But, I mean, it's not the worst it Charmed's ever done.
1: I know, it's a fine title. It's fine.
0: And uh, you had a little fun fact about this title, in fact.
1: I did. I always look and see what other countries called the episode, and Ex Libris is Latin, right? So basically every other country called it Ex Libris, except for some reason Italy, which called it, like, Leo's Secret. Because I guess in Italy, the main plot was Leo's secret wife and not the blonde chick being sucked into the book.
0: Eh, Sucked into a book. Eh.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, right. The demon came out of the book. Ex Libris.
0: I mean, honestly, even that feels like kind of a stretch title-wise. I mean, the guy's Libris, but... He, he's not the most focused demon theme-wise, although I guess that's just a thing for Demons and Charmed. Like, the Demon of Illusions had that weird thing with film and with inspiring rage.
1: Wait, no, no, this is important. That is a highly focused demon, right? He's a demon that travels around in movies and incites rage in people. And you can assume that, like, there was a previous incarnation of that demon who traveled with, like... Mystery plays and inspired anger in the peasants, right? Mm. Or you can assume that today that demon is Twitter. Internet, yes, (laughs) it just is Twitter. God and. That's a great idea for a demon, but then to just be like, oh yes, he's the demon of illusion is weird. It's the same with this, right? This demon has a very specific portfolio. His deal is he kills people who are figuring out that demons are real. but Libris like
0: it seems like this this may have been an assignment that they like they're like, look, well, just throw it to the book guy. okay. We don't want to waste any like good demons on this. Dude doesn't even need a power of three spell.
1: It's true. Yeah. Anyway, this episode was directed by Joel J. Feigenbaum.
0: That's a new name. (laughs) It
1: is a new name. I forgot to look and see if he's done anything else. Oh, yeah, he's going to do some more episodes. He does the episode next season, Once Upon a Time. He also does Wrestling with Demons.
0: Oh, 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 I'm excited for that one. Do you know anything about wrestling? Because I don't.
1: He also does Sin Francisco, Exit Strategy. He's going to do quite a few. Mm. This episode was written with a story by Peter Chomsky and script by Brad Kern. Really? Yes. Really? Yep.
0: That's odd. This is a very, very good episode. And, you know, Brad Kern is sort of our, uh, trying to think of a nicer way to say whipping boy
1: okay here's the thing i don't think brad kern is necessarily bad at what he does it's just that he has such a different vision for the show than
0: constance m burge
1: right and it's her show and also i like her vision of the show better, better.
0: yeah yeah brad kern is good at what he does but what he does is you know kind of although this doesn't really feel like a brad kearney episode anyway it's i not... was trying
1: to Remember, if he kind of does the daddy issue episodes oh yeah right because this is a very daddy issue heavy episode
0: i just I, I always think of him as like he's the guy who does like the sexy plots and this isn't really a sexy plot
1: somehow i don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that the guy who has cheesecake episodes in his portfolio also has daddy issue episodes in his portfolio this
0: is more... I mean, it's not what you think of when you think of daddy issues. It's more...
1: No, it is. Okay, because you have the the, the main girl who dies, the, the main victim, the innocent this week. Her whole thing is that she has issues with her dad because he doesn't respect the research she's doing
0: but those issues don't manifest with her going out and banging a bunch of older dudes which i feel like is normally the context for daddy issues
1: oh yeah yeah you're right daddy issues in a non-sexual sense no one has sexual daddy issues here which good yes yes
0: good because the last ep- the only episode to feature original flavor victor when he was victor hallowell did have daddy issues, and it was creepy as all get out, and we're all just, we're all trying to ignore that, so.
1: Yep. But I think it's Why fair to say- Why was he
0: naked when he met Phoebe? That was... So many people had to approve of that choice.
1: Oh my god, I know, I know. But I was gonna say, we know that as of this episode, Victor Hallowell is still their father.
0: Mm, yes. Because
1: at some point, their father will become- Victor Bennett. That's right, right, Bennett?
0: Yeah, Victor Bennett. That's...
1: I mean, they don't say Hallowell here, but he's the same guy, you know, he's the...
0: Yeah. I, w- I wonder when that change kicked in, because it, it had to be pretty soon, because Grams was definitely Penny Hollowell. I feel like that's been established by this point.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe it happened slowly, and his name is Victor Bennett now, but he has not yet become the good guy dad that we'll see later. Yeah,
0: we haven't seen new dad yet, so theoretically we're still... and.
1: But I, I feel like with all of the stuff that they talk about with him in this episode, he's still a bad dad. Yeah,
0: he's still neglectful, does-not-show-up-for-you guy. Is it weird that this is making me really want to talk about Chris? Because Chris has an episode with Victor Bennett... That has this really different thing where he talks about how after, you know, Leo left, Victor kind of stepped into the fatherhood role in his life.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he has like a really good relationship with Victor in his timeline, even though he has a terrible relationship with basically everyone else in the family. And I'm like, that's a really interesting thing to do with Chris that I don't think they ever follow up with. But uh,
1: Well, I always want to talk about Chris. And yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff about chris that doesn't get followed up on i'm
0: kind of curious i I don't want to go into it because i'm sure it's i'm sure it's ugly because it's the internet but i want to know what the internet's opinion of chris is because i have to imagine they're either they either really love him or really hate him
1: i have never really dug into that myself oh no i'm curious maybe i will dig into that so, shall we talk about this episode?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about this episode.
1: So, it opens with, like, a fake-out where Piper is lighting these black candles. Ooh. Yeah, but it's not for ritual. It's for sex. For sexy times with Leo.
0: So, are they going to blow all those candles out before they have sex, or are they just willing to risk the fire hazard? Because that's a pretty old house. I imagine it would go up, like, uh...
1: Well, they're in candle holders. It's fine. It's fine.
0: So Prue comes in. She's like, oh, I wasn't aware that you were going to be banging dudes in here.
1: And Piper's like, I totally put banging Leo on the calendar for today.
0: It's why Phoebe is at the library studying audience.
1: <laughs> oh, God. And and then Prue's like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. Your thing is unimportant. Listen to my thing. I took a bunch of pictures in the park And there's a guy in the background of the pictures.
0: There's some sad guy ruining my pictures of the park.
1: This is way more important than you banging Leo. Look at this guy in the background.
0: And Piper's like, you know we live in San Francisco, right? There's like a ton of homeless people in this, like... It's not unusual that you would get a guy in the background of a lot of shots who doesn't have anywhere else to go. That's not weird.
1: Also, he's not even homeless. I mean, Piper does suggest that that's what's going on, but Prue's like, no, look, he's handing out flyers. And it's like, oh, yes." so no. a guy handing out flyers in the park was in the background of your pictures. What? What? <laughs> Whoa! We better check with we better check with Leo and make sure there's not some weird demonic activity here.
0: They must have been evil flyers.
1: You know, it's interesting. There really is nothing supernatural about this particular story, other than you know the way Prue solves it.
0: Yeah, and Prue also, in the end, she's like, "Oh, this must have happened so that I could resolve this guy's issue," but it's it's not really. I mean. I. Anyway, Leo. I I
1: hate. I hate the resolution of this story. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Leo orbs in, and Piper's like, "Okay, get your ass out of the house. We're gonna be having sex everywhere, all over the place."
1: In fact, Leo can't even wait the time it takes to walk up the stairs. He orbs Piper to the bedroom
0: for just immediate fucking. Like, dang, dude. Also, uh, I, I, I guess it makes sense, but remember the first time they had leo orb piper in the uh water demon episode where she's like oh my god i'm gonna throw up that was the worst thing ever i i get that they kind of had to immediately ignore that but i do want to point out this is one of our first
1: non-nausea inducing orbs
0: this is our first sailong orb that doesn't involve nausea but i was gonna say this is one of our first like how do the white lighter powers work retcons but i don't Ah. even think that's true i feel like the white lighters just were never even a little bit consistent
1: no they weren't we've already seen leo heal pipes
0: yeah so
1: and then later he says that he can only heal things that have been damaged by evil which means that that was some evil hard water infesting their pipes actually and hmm.
0: it was evil that made phoebe's tea go cold that one time when he used his powers to heal her tea.
1: So, speaking of Phoebe, she's off in the library being the worst... She's the worst person in this scene. This is a scene where a person gets killed by a demon and Phoebe is the worst person.
0: She's got her feet up on the desk. She's just shoveling handfuls of chips into her mouth, chewing with her mouth open. She's
1: loudly eating in a library, a place where you're supposed to be quiet and not have food.
0: Also, she's sitting... The library's empty, and she's sitting next to the only other person there, chewing loudly.
1: Oh, oh, the other person there? Okay, the other person is like, um, hey, Phoebe, what's going on? And Phoebe's like, do we know each other? And the girl says, yeah, remember? We carpooled together to class last semester.
0: God. Like,
1: what the hell, Phoebe? You don't remember a girl you carpooled with?
0: Also, Phoebe's been in college for multiple semesters at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Also, Phoebe carpooled with the girl whose dad is the professor and she couldn't be bothered to remember her.
0: Well, maybe she didn't bother getting to know her because this girl is blonde and we all know what that means in Charmed.
1: Yep, evil or dead. So, this is this was one of the daddy issues of which I spoke. Her deal is that she's writing a thesis about how demons are totally real and her dad thinks that's ridiculous even though he teaches a class called Metaphysics 301.
0: Hmm. So, in order to earn her dad's love, she's gonna write the best paper ever, prove that demons are real, become really famous, and get her own talk show where she interviews demons. I guess
1: that would be amazing. I I'd,
0: I'd probably. Watch. I'd watch that. I'm assuming it would be like a a Brian. Was it Brian Williams? Who who is the guy? John who, Williams, the guy who talks to dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those TV shows that you like only see on in the background at the gym. That is my whole context for that.
1: Also, he was the guy that got busted for recording what the audience was saying before he came out so that he could just know everyone's deal. Ugh. Which, which you know they do, but like. That's
0: extra, I feel like that's extra lazy. Like, the whole point is just do cold reading. That's why you get a whole room full of people.
1: So, the thing that he was doing where he had recordings in, you know, so that he would know ahead of time what was going on. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, that's called a warm reading because you already know. Uh, Yeah.
0: But like. I'm sensing somebody, somebody has a, has a dead relative, they're, they're calling out to me, I can hear their name, it's a mm, something, mmm, or maybe, j. Uh, I
1: I know, okay, you're... What? I, I, I'm wanting to talk about cold readings, and like, I don't... I, we can't I don't, go into a I whole thing. I don't want to go into a whole thing about it. We need to talk about this girl whose deal is that she's going to teach her... <laughs> Her dad, that demons are real. And she's like- And
0: therefore win his love and respect.
1: And she's like, Phoebe, you believe in demons, don't you? Remember how you were fighting with my dad all last semester about how demons are real? And Phoebe's like, what? No! No demons! And runs away.
0: Smooth. (laughs) So the girl goes to get a book because- I mean, I guess there's probably more literature about demons in a world where they're out doing stuff all the time.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of literature for her to be looking for. Like, I, I, yeah, I I have no problem with her writing her thesis, and, and...
0: And I think the big thing that demons would be doing is destroying all those books.
1: (laughs) You're right, that would have been smart of them. The book that she finds is actually called Explorations in Demons. So, yeah, you're right, this demon whose job is to keep people from knowing about demons is not, not on the ball.
0: So she pulls the book out of the uh, bookshelf and, uh-oh, there was a demon lurking behind it. And she's like, what you doing, buddy? And he's like, "Arg!" And he pulls her through this, like, portal thing out- he makes out of the shelves.
1: Yeah, he, like, reaches for her and he pulls her towards him. And then there's, like, a special effect where she like you said appears to portal away
0: by the way the reason she's not surprised to see a demon is because we're not doing effects for demons anymore he's just some guy wearing all black
1: yeah she thinks he's just a guy i guess i guess it is the money for effects i was like why not like what a weird non-bloody way to kill someone which is fine that's fine but it seems unusual on this show that you would do that
0: that he had to take her to a second location before cutting off her head
1: yes That's weird, right? But I guess they didn't have the budget to show, like, a really gory, bloody effect here. Or maybe network television, they didn't think that they could show a bloody gore effect.
0: I mean, they could have just had him, like, swing a scythe or something and cut away from it.
1: Oh, yeah, that would have been cheaper and less gruesome. Huh. Okay, so this this was an active choice they made.
0: Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Weird. So... Uh, we've got a special guest this episode. I
1: was gonna, I was gonna ask if we were gonna mention the special guest.
0: I mean, I feel, I feel like they're going to be both our, uh, our premonition and our time freeze.
1: Well, they might be our time freeze, but they're definitely not my premonition. I, 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 I'm glad you said time freeze. Although we're, I'm kind of giving it away. But yes, hearing this music was definitely putting me like in a. Back in my high school day's mind. Oh,
0: yeah, it sent me right back there.
1: So, uh, we are talking about special musical guest, the, the Goo Goo Dolls. Hey, I gotta say, though, they're no Dishwalla. <laughs> oh.
0: I, I'm not too cool for the Goo Goo Dolls. I, I, I like a couple of their songs. I like their big song that got overused and everything.
1: Yeah, no, I have no problem with the Goo Goo Dolls. I was actually making fun of Dishwalla. Yeah. Who, again, I have no problem with, other than... You know, I'm just calling back to that episode where they were the biggest band in the world!
0: Do you think someone asked them to dial that back? Because they have a lot of guest stars later, musical guest stars, and they don't ever, I think, go that into it again.
1: Well, so I think the irony is that Dishwalla was a less prominent band than the goo goo dolls and as a result they were able to not just have them on stage at p3 but have a whole plot that revolved around them Mm. thus making a bigger deal about them than just having the goo goo dolls on in the background at p3
0: iris is the name of that song from the goo goo dolls that uh i like and that was in everything yes I i couldn't remember it there was iris and there was like slide was that the other one or they, they had, like, a really famous song, and then they had another song that was slightly less famous.
1: I mean, I could look it up. It's, it's one of those things where I couldn't tell you any of their songs, but I could sing along when they come on the radio.
0: Oh, and they had that song for that uh, sci-fi Treasure Island, Treasure Planet movie that Disney did. They had a song in that.
1: Oh! When I Di- didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, when Disney was uh, moving away from having, like, musical musicals. Sort of. Not really. Well, and they, they just, they would do a movie and then they just have like one song that they had a famous person do and that would be like the, you know, see Oliver and Company because Billy Joel is a dog and he has a song in it. Yes. Did that movie have other songs in it? I, I, yeah,
1: I, Oliver and Company was a bad example for that, but yeah.
0: Literally the only thing I remember from Oliver and Company was, you know.
1: Billy Joel was Oliver.
0: Yeah, Billy Joel was Oliver and Reba McIntyre was like in. Evil, sexy dog? I don't, I don't know.
1: It's weird, right? That Billy Joel played Oliver Twist. That's weird.
0: Well, he, he wasn't Oliver. Oliver was a kitten. Okay. He was Dodger.
1: Okay. Wait, was he Dodger or was he Fagin?
0: I think he was Dodger... Oh, God, are we going to have to watch Oliver and Company? I kind
1: of want to watch Oliver and Company now. We should at least watch it with our daughter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't judge. We've been watching... A lot of classic Disney, and a lot of those movies are really boring. I'm sorry, furries in our audience, but Robin Hood is like 60% walk cycles.
1: I did really, really enjoy Hundred and One Dalmatians*, though.
0: Well, that's a super cute movie. It's like
1: well, the the animation is just gorgeous on it. I it's it's beautiful.
0: It is. Although, if you want to get super drunk. Uh...
1: Take a shot every time the the colonel cat salutes.
0: Yeah, take a shot every time the cat salutes because they've reused that animation so much. Uh, yeah, I, I, not I that realize, I blame them.
1: I didn't realize how much of that movie, like 90% of the movie is just breaking the dogs out of Cruella's place, out yeah. of out of Hell House.
0: I mean, it's it's the big action of the
1: well i mean when we turned it on i was like what actually happens in this movie other than her stealing the dogs and the answer is nothing nothing else happens
0: Uh, it's weird because a lot of sort of that era of disney movie has a thing where the movie is basically built around three short stories
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like um
1: well you mean like the the devil cat stuff with the mice in cinderella
0: i was thinking like sword in the stone it's
1: uh, well. Sword in the Stone is.
0: I know it's based off of the Once and Future King, the bits where Arthur's a kid and the Once and Future King, but
1: and Once and Future King is kind of structured like a bunch of short stories. Yeah,
0: but like uh, Robin Hood has the same thing though. It's three. It's three little short stories. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, Maid Marian meeting the kids. It's the archery tournament. It's a third thing
1: it's the return of king richard no it's not
0: you didn't re-watch that with us that happens off screen what that happens off screen he shows up for one line at the end there's just a bit where it, after uh, the prison break that's the other thing they had the pr- the prison break everyone runs into sherwood forest and then the rooster's like and then king richard came back and dethroned prince john and they're breaking rocks now, and Maid Marian and uh, Robin Hood got married. And then, Weird. and then, and then the king has one line, and then the movie's over. And it's like, so the main conflict of the movie is resolved completely off screen.
1: Wait, so did they do the story where that archaeologist runs off with Q? No.
0: <laughs> no God. I do appreciate how much she just rolled with that whole thing.
1: She's my favorite character ever because of that. Because she's like, oh, okay, well, a godlike alien has made me made Mary, and okay. I think I'm going to go with him. Because he can do things like that.
0: Hmm. We tried, I, I'd say, I think it's the same thing with the Jungle Book, but I can't say for sure.
1: Oof.
0: We tapped out of that so fast. I thought, because I was like... I remember there being some hinky stuff, but, you know, I'm just going to put something on while I'm doing other stuff to distract the baby. Um, And I put it on, and it's this very bizarre combination of boring and racist. Mm Mm-hmm. Charmed. I'm sorry. We're so off topic now.
1: So, Prue goes into the bathroom the next morning, and believes that Piper is in the shower and has like a whole long conversation with her in the shower where she's like, I can't stop thinking about that guy passing out flyers. I think I'm going to go down to the park and look for him today.
0: And then Piper walks into the room and she's like, Prue, what are you doing in here? And Leo comes out of the shower and he's like, hey, Piper, come look at my naked ass dick. Look how wet and naked I am right now. Oh, Prue, I have no idea that you... I didn't know you were in here even though you had a whole fucking conversation with me.
1: Like, how could you not notice that somebody else was in the bathroom? Like, that... What?
0: Prue was talking so much.
1: And also, I mean, he's an angel. (laughs) Does he need to take a shower? Can't he just, like...
0: Orb the dirt away?
1: Yeah, right?
0: Does he take... Also, also... Oh, shouldn't he be able to sense Prue? Doesn't he, like, know where his- is it,
1: t- Isn't he her white lighter? Yeah, I'm uh, supposed he, to know where she is.
0: Also, also, Prue's like, hey, hey, Leo, nice dick. And then Piper shoves her out of the- <laughs> Hey. I, I feel like that's maybe not the most appropriate thing to say to your sister's boyfriend, but God knows what I mean, I mean, it's would- not
1: her fault. We've established they only have one bathroom in the house, and- Do they? Yeah. I thought they had more. Do they have- Mm.
0: I know they have, I thought they had one with a shower and one that didn't have a shower. I thought that they had two bathrooms, but there's three sisters, so it's awkward.
1: Mm, our listeners will correct us, but I believe it's a weird thing where they actually only do have one. And and then maybe like a half bath. Mm. That's just, that's just a toilet and a sink. I don't know, listeners, let us know if you know how many bathrooms are in Halliball Manor.
0: I'm pretty sure there are two, but I, I could very well be wrong about this
1: my point is he almost certainly doesn't need to shower so it's extra rude of him to be taking up shower time in the morning when there are three people who need to get ready
0: and a limited number of showers
1: yes whether it's one or two there is a limited number
0: Hmm. i think one of the rooms might just have a bathtub i don't know in
1: the one where i mean i guess we could go back and rewatch dream sorcerer and see if there's a shower in that bathroom and then we would know for sure, because there was definitely a shower in this one.
0: Yeah, Prue nearly got drowned uh, in the bathtub in Dream Sorcerer, but she nearly got drowned in the shower on uh, the Barbus episode. Although that was a different shower than the shower we see here. I mean, I guess they'd have to get a different one, because she needed to break that. But... Yeah. But, no, I think they have I think they have one bathroom with a bathtub and one with a shower.
1: That's weird.
0: This is the thing that you uh, that you you listen to us for, the. Hollowell bathroom situation. I don't know. We, I mean, we just had a bathtub when I was growing up. Really? Yeah, we didn't have a shower.
1: Oh, I mean, I know that there are bathtubs that don't have showers, like attached to them. And honestly, those are usually the better bathtubs, but you rarely see them.
0: Oh yeah, we had this like really big, deep, old clawfoot bathtub. Oh,
1: see, I want that. I, I will say one of the things that. I liked about the house I owned in Alabama when I was living there Mm -hmm. was that the master bath had just one of those little showers with a door and then a big garden tub. Yeah. All right. So Phoebe is asleep at the kitchen table because she has been studying all night and she's like, Oh no finals. And Piper's like, it's okay. Today's only Thursday.
0: And Phoebe's like, are you sure? And Piper's like, I'm pretty sure it's only Thursday.
1: I feel like Phoebe should know what day it is. This is the kind of thing that they do to establish that someone has lost time for some reason, but that's not what's going on here.
0: I think it's interesting that she left the library once she was done annoying that girl.
1: She left because she was annoying that girl. She was so embarrassed about not remembering her. Mm. Oh, wait, and also she had to run away because of the whole that girl's about to find out about demons things.
0: It is true. It... The best way to not raise suspicions about yourself is to immediately run screaming into the night the second someone mentions something supernatural.
1: Exactly. So Phoebe asks Leo, since he's there, she's like, okay, hey, um, what if someone figures out about demons? What would happen? And he's like, oh, don't worry. Those those things tend to work themselves out.
0: That's a bloodless way of saying...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the way I said it. That's That's not what he said. In fact, he's like... I'm surprised she's so close to figuring out demons exist because usually demons try to kill people who find out they exist.
0: I-, I do really like that he establishes that's why demons disappear when you vanquish them. Like demonic society has all of these safeguards to make sure that humans don't find out about them, including dissolving their bodies after they die. And I'm like, oh, that, that is kind of a handy thing there.
1: And remember, Bane was being tracked down by demons because he discovered they existed. So like yeah. that actually is accurate. Good job, Charmed.
0: So, Piper mentions Leo's past a little bit. It comes up because it might become relevant later in the episode.
1: He's all like, don't worry about my past, baby. All that matters is my present with you.
0: Definitely didn't have sex with your grandma.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Down, downtown, I guess, downtown San Francisco.
0: Prue's going to harass some guy who's handing out flyers at a bus stop. Yeah. She talks about, I think it's an interesting, uh, I I mean, is this before or after the, like, uh, notable people of New York or whatever thing? Because she, uh. Oh, I
1: think this is after people of New York.
0: Because, uh, Prue approaches the flyer handing out guy and she's like, so I'm a photographer for a fancy schmancy local magazine and we're doing a feature on interesting people out and about town. And I noticed you handing out flyers and that seemed interesting to me. Which, God, the bar must be so low then.
1: Well, I mean, she said she wants to take his picture for a Faces of the City...
0: Photo thing. Photo
1: thing. And actually, I mean, that makes sense. It seems like the guys from Faces of New York, or the people from face I don't know who does Faces of New York... I mean I think it's just like a person. But it seems like they just go up to people who look pensive or interesting or whatever and are like, "Hey, can I take your picture and can you give me a blurb about yourself?" Mm. So, so you know, her wanting to do the same thing with a guy who's just sitting on a bench, that's I wouldn't be suspicious if I was him. Other than the fact that what he's doing is trying to find people who are willing to go to the police as witnesses to his daughter's murder
0: yes he tells her like look please don't take my picture but if you could put my daughter's picture and the information you know she was murdered on this street uh i'm looking for people who might you know i'm looking for witnesses i'm looking for people who might have information about the murder
1: but it's one of those deals where it's like everyone knows who did it but the guy is such a force for crime that nobody wants to come forward.
0: So he asks her if she's gonna print the uh flyer with his daughter's face on it and her magazine. She's like, let's That's,
1: That's above sh- my pay grade. I don't make those decisions. I was just uh trying to take a picture.
0: Also technically that wouldn't be a photo I took, so mm. Yeah. But he's he starts hang- handing out the flyers to people coming off the bus, the bus shows up and uh prue's like so you two must have been really close and he's like yeah it's my daughter
1: she's like man must be nice to have had a dad who cares about you and he's like oh i appreciate you making this all about you
0: Mm -hmm. yeah thanks my dad wouldn't do that if i was murdered which is technically true
1: oh god anyway prue's like My friend Daryl's a cop. Maybe if I harass him, he'll take care of this.
0: And the guy's like, cops told me they can't do anything. She's like, oh, that's so weird. Hmm. That's 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 such an unusual thing. The cops telling you that they can't do anything.
1: Right? How 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 strange.
0: But he looks significantly at the guy across the street who owns a pawn shop. And the pawn shop guy's just standing in the window staring at them all Terminator-like. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at P3, fisticuffs. <laughs>
1: yeah, over at P3, Leo is getting the crap beaten out of him by neighbor Dan. and he... I think
0: Leo's holding his own pretty well. Okay. I mean, he's not doing great considering he's a literal supernatural force that's been fighting evil for umpteen years. But he is doing pretty well as just a guy in a brawl with another guy.
1: My question is, what what is neighbor Dan doing there in the first place? I mean, I know that what he's doing is to go down and and talk to Piper about how suspicious Leo is, but P3 isn't open. Did he break into P3 to tell Piper what bad news Leo is?
0: Okay, i totally love this because piper comes in and she freezes them mid-fight, and then she unfreezes leo i do like that her powers are kind of advancing yeah we've seen her unfreezing individual people before but she's doing it way more casually it's it's just a little thing i really like but she asks leo for an explanation and leo's like well i was hanging out here and then neighbor dan came and he's like you have an inconsistent past therefore i'm going to punch you and Piper's like, uh, okay, look, get back in position. And Leo's like, "He was about to hit me? And she's like... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she makes Leo get back in position and get punched. Although he does duck out of the way.
0: Yeah, it's pretty rare Because he gets back into the p- position. And as soon as she unfreezes him, he ducks and Neighbor Dan wangs his hand on the wall.
1: No, I'm serious, though. Neighbor Dan did you think p3 was the only place you could talk to piper because i feel like i want to remind you that you live just a few yards from her front door
0: i also love the fact that immediately upon seeing leo we got the kill bill beatrix kiddo sirens and he just started (laughs) wailing on him like he went from seeing guy to wailing on guy and nothing flat
1: I mean, we assume, right? We, we came we came in mid-wail. But, oh. like,
0: the information he has is not immediately start wailing on a guy.
1: Right, right, because, spoilers, the information he has about Leo is that he, well, I guess, I guess it is kind of suspicious. I was going to say the information he has is that Leo used to be married, but I guess the information he has is that someone named Leo who was married died in world war ii so i guess that is kind of suspicious
0: yeah i guess but wouldn't you just assume you got the wrong leo wyatt and this leo was just lying about being in the military
1: oh no because they told us earlier that there's only ever been one man in all the world named leo wyatt i mean they, they didn't say that that's ridiculous i can't possibly be true god
0: so back at uh phoebe's college she walks by the library to see, Whoa, oh Daryl's here. You know what that means. Yep. Someone's dead. Or someone broke a window that one time.
1: Oh, right, right, in the the Wedding from Hell episode.
0: Oh, no, no, the priest got thrown out the window. I was talking about uh, when that warlock... Oh, yeah! Br- yeah. But uh, okay. But Daryl, Daryl being here means someone's probably dead.
1: Yes, and... Phoebe goes up to Daryl and is like, what's going on? He's like, damn it, I knew it was demons. And she's like, no, I just got to school here. And he's like, oh, okay, well, good. This girl is dead and Phoebe's like, oh my god, I was just talking to her yesterday. This is probably demons.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was researching demons, so yeah, probably demons.
1: No, no, I just meant like, poor Daryl was like, for a second, for a second he had a reprieve. Like, oh, it's just a coincidence that Phoebe's here. Nope, it's demons. Wrong god damn it with the demons
0: she's over there and her head's over there
1: Oof, that is really creepy yeah they don't show us any of that though no gore which i appreciate i don't i don't need gore
0: yeah we just see them moving the body bag which i feel like this sec this area should be cordoned off better
1: oh i was gonna say it was cordoned off phoebe just doesn't care about cordons you you saw her eating in the library with no shame last night
0: So she just walks past the corpse and goes right back into the library.
1: Yeah, Phoebe is really insensitive in this episode.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, she does weirdly kind of brush it off. She's like, oh, no, I knew that girl.
1: (laughs) So speaking of that girl, she shows up where Phoebe is studying and is like, oh, my God, Phoebe, do you have an aspirin? Because my head is killing me.
0: Wah, wah. See, it's funny because her lack of head is what killed her.
1: Yes, yes. That that is the terrible joke that the show is making.
0: And then uh, we get to see that she's a ghost because a guy pushes a library cart right through her. Whoa! I feel like we got the fact that she's a ghost because, you know, we, we, we saw... I guess we didn't technically see her body, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Back at P3, Phoebe shows up to talk about her ghost problems with Piper because, remember, Piper used to date a ghost.
0: Yeah, that's true. I miss you, Mark. I like Leo way more than you do, even though he's a giant, creepy weirdo. Whatever. (laughs) But uh, Mark was a good boyfriend for uh, Piper. He should have stuck around longer. That would have been cool.
1: It would have been awesome to have one of the charmed ones dating a ghost. Yeah. Way better than an angel. Or a baseball player
0: but I do like how Phoebe goes to P3 and Piper's like oh you won't believe it Dan was wailing on Leo and he says that he's got something secret to tell me about Leo and Phoebe's like I can top that a girl I know died
1: also like yeah Piper you know why Dan thinks Leo's hiding something because he is you know that oh well. I also do like that because of her experience with Mark, Piper just has all of the knowledge about ghosts. Like, usually Phoebe is the one who has the book knowledge about whatever it is that they're dealing with. But since this is Phoebe's episode, someone else has to have that knowledge. So Piper's like, well, I I, I did bang that ghost, so I do have knowledge. For instance, I know that sometimes the shock of dying is so much that people don't realize they're ghosts at first. Even that, though we didn't see any of that with Mark.
0: Yeah, Mark knew he was a ghost right away. And that he, he sought you guys out to help with that. Honest, and, you know, honestly, it feels like, I mean, I get it. Phoebe's like, oh, how do, I, how do I convince her that she's a ghost? And Piper doesn't say, try throwing a solid object through her.
1: Or, I mean, do you have to?
0: This doesn't really seem like your problem. <laughs> I mean, it is, because they're the Charmed Ones, they have to help. Although, I mean, when she needed to prove that Mark was a ghost to uh, Phoebe and Prue, she just threw a mug through him.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Phoebe is worried that the reason this girl is dead is because a demon killed her because she was finding out about demons, which... Yes. Yes. Over at the police station, Prue shows up and Daryl's like, oh my god, more demons. And she's like, no, this is a totally mortal problem. That as a cop, it is literally your job to deal with. And he's like, sorry, I can't help you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, so there's this guy and his daughter got murdered by this pawn shop owner. And Daryl's like, oh, yeah, I know about that. And she's like, are you going to do anything about that? And he's like, nah, nah. I mean, nah. Eh. Nah. It happens. Sometimes pawn shop owners kill people. You just have to roll with it. And Pris like, thank you, Daryl. Useful. Useful
1: that's that's the long and the short of it
0: daryl says unless you can magically turn up a witness there's nothing we can do and uh then he's like wait can you do that and she's like no that would be personal gain and daryl's like how how could that possibly be personal gain right Uh, this this situation has literally nothing to do with you how could that be personal gain also
1: prue is convinced that the father, whose name is Cleavant, by the way, which I bring up because that's also the actress' name. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Prue brings up that the father was showing up in the background of her photos specifically because he is an innocent that she is supposed to be helping. Like he was magically exactly where he needed to be to be caught in frame on all of her pictures. So, yeah, what exactly would the personal gain here be?
0: This. I feel like this might actually be the worst instance of personal gain being applied to a situation. And like the way they resolve it doesn't feel any less magical than if they had just like cast a truth spell on him.
1: Now yeah, I so uh, to, to a... be to be fair, they don't they don't exactly say it's personal gain. We're actually going to call back to witch trial the episode... Oh, I'm sorry. Not Witch Trial. We're actually going to call back to Morality Bites. Mm. And...
0: Do you mean the episode that should have been called Witch Trial?
1: Right? Yeah. But where we learn that...
0: You can't use magic to, to...
1: punish the guilty only to save the innocent.
0: You can't use magic... It's sort of like a... It's sort of like in Buffy how you can't mystically raise the dead if they died by non-mystical means. Like, you can't mystically solve crimes that don't have anything to do with magic. You can't, you can't use magical justice for human crime.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, what we learned from Morality Bites is that if you use magic to make that guy step in dog shit, then you're basically that meme of the guy with the teeny tiny domino. Yeah. And the largest domino at the end is, the world finds out witches exist and you get burned at the stake after committing murder.
0: I just, I don't see how sicking a ghost on him is all that different from just using your powers. Exactly!
1: Okay, that was exactly my point, right? Like, they spoiler can't
0: give alert him... for the end of the episode.
1: Right. They can't give him a truth serum because that's punishing the guilty. But literally having him be haunted is not. I guess the difference is that using the ghost isn't magic. It's just using supernatural. It's just asking a ghost to do you a favor.
0: I guess.
1: I think I think that's the the very fine hair that we're splitting here.
0: Okay. Sure, why not. So, neighbor Dan comes up to Piper and he's like, "Hey, Piper, you want to you want to hear some dirt on your new boyfriend?" And she's like, "I want to know why you thought it was okay to break into my club and start beating people up." And he's like, uh ignoring that did you know that there's only been one person named leo wyatt ever and he died a million years ago in world war ii and he was married why is that last part relevant
1: no no to be fair <laughs> Neighbor Dan doesn't think the last part is relevant, but that's the only part Piper cares about because she knew the first two things. But the wait, he's married? And we've talked about this. You you and I Max talked about this after this episode where it's like yeah, he was married. Like that's that shouldn't be that surprising, but death did him part. It's not an issue anymore. Like yeah. that's that marriage is that marriage is done. And that's it's been
0: done for quite some time. I, I think possibly Grams was not alive when that marriage was done.
1: I'm just saying the whole like, oh no, he has a wife he didn't tell me about is not the right energy to be bringing to this conversation. He had a whole life and then he died. And now
0: to be fair to Piper, she doesn't actually get actively mad at Leo at any point. Which you'd kind of think that she would. She's more just curious about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But... I guess it's more like when... Because uh, we can't go an upset without talking about Buffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Buffy finds that picture of Darla in the Watcher's Diary, in the Watcher's Journals. Uh,
0: yeah, when she's trying to read up on her boyfriend, you know, from back in the days where he murdered people all the time.
1: Yeah, listen, if you can look up your boyfriend in the murder books, maybe don't date him. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's not that she's upset that Darla exists. It's that she's like, oh my god, Darla's so pretty. I'm not that pretty. What does he see in me? And then she puts on the dress, the the, and then the dress was cursed by Ethan Rae, and then she turns into a damsel, which is funny because she wore the dress to... Pretend to be Darla. Yeah, so. The curse should have turned her into a vampire.
0: Yes, the curse should have turned her into a super murderous vampire.
1: Hmm. Alright, I'll write that AU fanfic later. Right now we're talking about Charmed.
0: So. We're doing uh, one of your favorite Charmed character transfer bits
1: a phone transition! Yes! Piper calls Prue to be like, oh my god, Leo is married to this hot woman.
0: 90 years ago, Leo was married to this hot woman, and I don't know what to do about that. And Prue's like, look, I'm stalking a guy, I don't really have time to talk about this. And Piper's like, oh, is this about that flyer guy? Is this... Am I going to have to interact with this subplot at any point?
1: She doesn't really, does she?
0: No, nah, no, nah. Prue's like maybe minimally like are you how how much are you touching base on uh phoebe's whole ghost thing and piper's like oh, i'm pretty much off in my own little corner for most of this episode
1: <laughs> actually all of
0: the sisters plots are pretty separate i mean Prue's and phoebes come together at the end
1: mm-hmm. well i mean Prue's and phoebes are intertwined even though it doesn't happen till the end they're intertwined pretty seriously they, they lead to the same path um i feel like crew's outfit is like quintessentially early two thousands, but I really, really like it. Mm. She's wearing like a white maxi summer dress with a jean jacket over it. That feels
0: that is a really early two thousands look, but it's good. I, I I like it. Yeah. So she goes into subtly interview <laughs> the murder guy in the pawn shop.
1: And by subtly interview, you mean say, "Hey, why did you kill that girl? And what do I have to do to make you confess to it?"
0: And he's like nobody's gonna rat on me i could murder whoever i want murder 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 and she's like if only tape recorders existed oh but she's like i'm gonna get you i you know why because i'm a white woman with a lot of time on my hands this is before murder podcasts were a thing but if they were a thing, I would be doing one on you right now.
1: I am going to Karen the hell out of you, <laughs> literally. And then she, which she actually says, by the way, I know that, I know that this isn't punishing the guilty per se, but I feel like it's at least as bad as making a guy step in dog shit, which isn't that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. She says, you know, I hope that this doesn't haunt you. And then she makes what an accordion fall off the wall in his pawn shop so that he's like ah ghosts i mean come on that's at least as bad as making the guy step in dog shit yeah
0: because
1: i mean the the accordion is broken now
0: why i would be a bad witch is be i I feel like at that point you're in for a penny in for a pound you might as well just telekinetically throw him out the window which is why i would be a bad witch
1: i would be such a bad witch
0: like i'm not saying uh I'm not saying I would use my powers to punish the guilty, but no, I would do that immediately all the time.
1: <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I definitely would. Yeah, no, I'd be... Yeah. So... I Remember that one witch who used all of her powers for vengeance and then she turned into Hecate? Uh-huh. Encharmed? Yeah. Wait, no, I'm conflating two episodes.
0: Hecate was the wedding from hell demon bride lady for some reason were you wait were you thinking of the burned up petersy woman who lived in a cave and had a snake or were you thinking of the uh, oh, I forgot about her.
1: no i was thinking about i know i wasn't thinking about the succubus either i was thinking about the witch in the mirror in the third in the fourth Hallowell sister
0: oh yeah
1: you know what i feel like there are a lot of places in the charmed world where i would fit in good witch, just isn't <laughs> it i feel like I could be any of those women <laughs> Anyway, Phoebe's back at the library.
0: Living in mirrors, giving goth girls superpowers.
1: Oh my god. That is my retirement plan.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Phoebe's doing a little investigating of her own. She's trying to convince... I keep wanting to call this girl Cassie because...
1: Oh, from Buffy? Yeah. Her name's Charlene.
0: So she's trying to convince Charlene that she's a ghost And uh, there's a woman who works in the library who keeps being like, why are you talking to yourself, you, you know, lady? Although
1: I have to say, this woman is an academic librarian and this is a campus that is having finals week. I'm sure she's seen a lot of students talking to themselves. But yeah. It's
0: kind of a bummer of a hairdo to be stuck with forever.
1: I was just thinking about how gigantic her hair is. It's like she's wearing a wig and then another wig on top of that wig.
0: And she just has this, like, giant clip in it. It looks like, I mean, it does look kind of like she's uh, a, mod- a model for Claire's, like, two hours after the photo shoot.
1: Oh my god, what a perfect description of her. Yes, that is what she looks like
0: so phoebe's trying to phoebe pulls her to the side and is trying to convince her that she's a ghost and doesn't just throw stuff through her which might be rude but it would make your point
1: but she's like hey you have when was the last time you ate when was the last time you slept
0: do you remember what happened to you last night after i left
1: and charlene's all like oh, who keeps track of what the year is
0: Ooh, a Once Upon a Time reference, my a, word. Uh,
1: a Cruella reference, because uh. I am timely.
0: <laughs> so, Even though
1: it's Cruella from Once Upon a Time, yes.
0: Yes, and not Cruella from the movie where a bunch of dogs shoot her mom and then she decides to go on a dog vengeance thing.
1: Listen, I'm not going to buy premier access to Disney+. Plus. I'm not at that point in my life. Hearing everybody talk about this movie has made me want to see it more than anything.
0: I just want to see how the dogs shoot her. I'm assuming it's a collaborative effort and they, like, prop the gun up on one dog and the other dog's working the trigger. And then there's a third dog that's, like, got the blasty part in its mouth and is just moving it so that it can hit Cruella's mom.
1: Okay, everybody's talking about the dogs killing Cruella's mother. But are, are you aware that there's a scene in the movie where she makes a dress, but she uses moth eggs as the beads so that at the, so that they sabotage the dress and the moths hatch and destroy all of the clothes?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we be spoil, spoilering this or?
1: No, I feel like as a, as a culture, as a society, we've decided that we're just going to talk. About everything about Krill. I mean, my timeline is nothing but people posting memes about the dogs killing her mother, so.
0: <laughs> they shoot her mother and then they eat her jewelry. <laughs> what is up with these dogs? <laughs> I don't like the fact that the Baroness is in it. I think it should just all be dogs. <laughs> I think it should just all be dogs as the villains of the movie. <laughs> At one point... Cruella's Crilla, car, you know, her driving crazy. It's because the dogs cut her brakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's driving all crazy. We just see the dogs with the little pliers doing the eye thing so that we know that they did it.
1: So Charlene's like, I'm not dead. I have a full life ahead of me. I'm going to publish this paper and show my father.
0: Also, the demons left her notes there, which seems like bad Counterproductive? I mean, I guess we we get why they didn't destroy all the copies of the books that say, Yo, Demons Exist.
1: Well, I mean, if they got rid of the books that said, Yo, Demons Exist, they wouldn't know what books to hide behind in the (laughs) library to jump out. And attack people who are discovering that demons exist. Uh. Yeah.
0: So Phoebe touches... Charlene. Charlene's notes and gets a premonition of her own uh, head getting all snickerty snacked
1: Yes, and she sees the demon, the Libris demon.
0: Who, mm. oh, just the side... It feels like this guy's doing a bunch of non-connective thematic stuff.
1: I'm sorry, you're making me think of that scene in Mystery Men where the
0: the spoon guy
1: the blue raj no no yeah when they get attacked by the henchmen and they're like guns guns aren't thematic
0: boy hank azaria's got a kind of history of this sort of thing doesn't he? oh
1: well at least that character is a white guy who is in universe being appropriative
0: yeah point that's a, that that's that's a good point and he he eventually apologized for the apu thing did he He did recently Oh, okay he um uh, he said that he wasn't going to be voicing the character and he shouldn't have done it in the first place and...
1: oh okay I'm
0: like it's weird that you didn't do that when like the a guy documentary... was making a
1: documentary about it well he didn't know how popular the documentary was going to become
0: at least he did it eventually
1: eh. let's talk about charmed
0: charmed so phoebe is Uh, back at the manor, she's sitting in the sunroom, the prettiest room in the Hallowell Manor, flipping through the book, trying to figure out what demon's gonna cut her head off.
1: Yeah. She's like, man, I love getting premonitions and seeing my death all the time.
0: Is she not feeling them anymore? I felt like she might have felt it because she grabbed her neck when she came out of the premonition.
1: Oh, I think maybe she still has, like, a sense of it, but she can control it now. Like, she's not, it's not incapacitating the way it would have been at the beginning. Anyway.
0: I mean, it was supposed to be part of her powers evolving that she could feel things that were happening in her premonition, although that feels just super counterproductive, so. Yeah, you
1: definitely don't want to feel like you're getting your head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: God, Phoebe kind of does have the worst power. I know they, they go into, you know, oh, you know, this is actually a really super useful power and stuff, but.
1: If it was, they would need to tell us that every other episode.
0: It's always a thing with characters like her where there's always someone who needs to justify their powers in this kind of show and or superhero book
1: mm-hmm. they
0: had a whole uh, they had a whole backup and fantastic Four back I, in the that's day. that's what I
1: was thinking about although oh my god I have so can I do this tangent?
0: Okay, uh, let let me say what the thing was first. Of course. They were apparently getting a lot of letters where people were complaining about how useless uh, Sue Storm was because this was back when her powers were just being invisible, not the force fields thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they did a whole backup where it turned out that those letters were making her cry and the rest of the Fantastic Four yelled at the people sending them because she's a super useful member of the team. Come on.
1: Okay, brief tangent here. You don't get to write a woman character with nothing to do. And then when people are like, hey, how come she doesn't have anything to do? Be like, how dare you attack this woman, you brute? It's like, she's not real. She's written by you men. It's like when they're like, well, maybe she wants to dress like that because it's liberating. It's like, she's not a real person. She didn't put that outfit on. You drew her in it. That, that backup story makes me so mad every time I think about it. I'm like, you are the ones who wrote Sue Storm with nothing to do. And now you're like, hey, you made her cry. I hope you're happy. No, she didn't cry. She's not real.
0: You know what I really like about that story? What? They do an homage to it in the uh, Marvel Adventures Fantastic Four line where it turns out people have been writing a bunch of letters to the fantastic four complaining about how dumb uh, reed richards powers are and how they should dump him for someone who has good powers and they just redo the whole scene but with reed richards in place of uh, that's
1: amazing his... do they make reed richards cry
0: they don't because oh. he's you know reed richards
1: <laughs> i i i would vote to replace reed with jen she-hulk permanently
0: she's not an asshole scientist i would i would replace him with Toxy doxy who is granted evil but she's also really fun to read about so
1: oh i was just thinking because she had previously been a member of the fantastic four do we really need a scientist slot (laughs) well i mean they already have their powers
0: yeah but like what is it 60 percent of all fantastic four stories are just "Uh uh-oh something went wrong with one of reed richard's inventions now we have to deal with it Yeah. Are you saying that the book would go a lot smoother if he just wasn't there?
1: (laughs) That is what I'm saying. And you know what? Then they could back clean up on cleaning up all of Hank Pym's problems.
0: Uh, I mean...
1: Oh no! I made a robot attack my friends so that I could make my friends love me and it got out of control. Who could have foreseen
0: that? Hey, the Avengers owe Hank Pym for that. Do you know how terrible all of their other villains were? Can you name a single Avengers villain that they didn't steal from someone else who didn't totally suck?
1: Well, I mean, that's not fair. The whole team is just, like, the waiting room for your own book. (laughs) Yes. Of course they don't have their own villains.
0: Like, oh no, it's the Zodiac. Oh no, it's, it's, uh... It was the zodiac god who else did they have that was like an original villain for them i guess the masters of evil but wasn't that just a collection of other people's super villains in the first place like ultron's the only notable villain the avengers had for themselves oh no it's corvus Ugh, which corvus i don't remember if he was a dry run for the beyonder or if uh, the beyonder was just like or if he was just rehashing the whole beyonder thing but the avengers kill babies a lot now that you (laughs) i don't know if it's really dark yeah i don't know if it's just well it's it's an omnipotent being wants to know what it's like to be really human after messing around with the avengers for a while so he you know is reborn as a human baby and then the avengers have to kill him to something something eliminate the threat of whoever
1: threw him in a death pit (laughs) i threw a baby in a death pit
0: going all the way back to once upon a time again (laughs) So, charmed.
1: Yeah, so, Phoebe's like, hey, I saw myself die in a premonition and I found the demon who did it. And Prue's like, I have real problems? There is a guy who's dealing with completely mortal crimes. That is our priority. And, I mean, to be fair, I I actually do think that, yes, they they need to, to help this guy, but this is completely mortal. I feel like the ghost takes precedence.
0: So... Weirdly enough, I sort of think that vanquishing the demon shouldn't really be part of what they're trying to do.
1: Because the demon actually serves a purpose? He's like those bugs that eat poop?
0: Yeah, like...
1: Oh, wait, now I feel like I've just compared people who figure out the demons exist to poop. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> okay, but... Yeah.
1: But but I meant he's like part of the ecosystem, even if you find him distasteful the way people find bugs distasteful.
0: Yeah, like, there is a reason for him to be around. Like, we've seen, and we'll see multiple times throughout the course of the show, when magic goes public, it almost always ends badly for everyone, so there is a point for having a demon that goes around killing people if they discover the truth. Mm. I don't love it, but...
1: I... mm. This is another reason I'd be a bad witch, because I would just be telling everyone about it because I don't really like uh, secret magical societies that exist alongside human society. I feel like it's fundamentally unethical.
0: Not to go back to our well that we go back to all the time, but I feel like it works best in kind of a, in a buffy way where... Literally everyone knows about magic, it's just they don't talk about it all the time.
1: Yes, and, and people kind of come up with excuses in their head for anything weird that they saw, except for people who live in the city because they know what's up.
0: Yeah. and
1: like I, I like the idea that in Sunnydale, people are like, demons, no, and in the city it's like, yeah, I live in LA, I know, I know what's up.
0: Well, you, you remember from Hush, the newspaper title, you know town loses voice monsters definitely not involved authorities say (laughs) like it it, it's an open secret and i get that it was a good thing in the comics like it was an interesting thing in the comics that they had harmony go public with it and it was like yeah everyone already knew but she was like you know yeah
1: but you couldn't watch them on reality tv
0: yeah and harmony was like look there's a secret that everyone knows i think it's stupid that everyone's pretending not to know that vampires exist and then she went public with it. I feel like that was around the time the comics started getting good.
1: Yeah, I think that's the first one I remember really loving was the one with Harmony.
0: Once they got past that awful twilight stuff.
1: Twilight.
0: I mean, was that that was supposed to be a shot at Twilight, right? It was not. It was just a coincidence. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like that actually kind of makes it worse charmed so prue's like whatever i don't care about your dumb ghost i have to solve a murder a pawn shop guy's murdering people and phoebe's like have you tried telekinetically throwing him out the window and prue's like not personal gain, dog poop future you remember you got burned at the stake it was a whole thing and the ghost bursts in she's like i'm a ghost and phoebe's like aces good job catching up there
1: She's like, I went home and my dad was upset that I'm dead and I've never seen him care about me at all, so I must really be dead. God. Yeah. She's not happy with how casual Prue seems to be about a ghost being in the house. but she, I mean Charlene. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, she's I think like, she's... this
0: should be a bigger deal.
1: <laughs> right? So over in uh, in Piper's siloed-off story...
0: God, Piper really seems like she gets a lot of detached stories, doesn't she?
1: Well, she's got a boyfriend now. That's how it goes.
0: She's visiting uh, Leo's wife, who has done a fairly good job keeping it together, considering, you know, it's been, what, 70 years?
1: Are you telling me Lillian Wyatt keeps it tight? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, she looks good. She yeah. looks good. So she tells Piper about her husband, who she loved dearly, and... He was a great man, and whoever's banging him now in heaven is very lucky.
0: Yeah. He, uh, uh he got all blown up in the war trying to...
1: He he was a field medic. Yeah. I, I think that's important, is that he was, he was...
0: He was in a really dangerous position.
1: Yeah, and he was among people firing weapons, and his job was to go heal people. That's that's a very Angel Wyatt, Angel Leo Wyatt thing.
0: Hmm. So he got all blown up and, you know, she loved him very much, but she had a good life without him. She got married. She had a bunch of kids and she'll always love him. But that part of her life is super, super behind her. So, you know, feel free to do whatever.
1: Also, this is very important. After he died, Leo appeared to her and told her that he was he was okay. He was happy. He wanted her to move on. And he was... definitely he did not want her to marry another guy, have a whole life with that other guy, and then show up on the boat when she died, leaving that guy and her children's ghost behind. Titanic? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Poor Kate Winslet's second <laughs> husband!
0: It's gonna be real awkward in the afterlife. But, uh, apparently a Leo, uh, Leo appeared to her in, like, surrounded by bright white light so i guess he wasn't orbing then because it's more bluish
1: yeah no i think he actually was doing some sort of like angel do you
0: think he uh, he met her on that weird ethereal plane between life and death where he hung out with piper that one time she was dying Mm,
1: it's possible maybe there's a dream equivalent to that
0: yeah Also, I feel like that's the sort of thing the elders would frown upon, but who knows? See, I
1: disagree with you. I feel like that's the kind of thing the elders would definitely let people do so that they could let go of their previous lives.
0: think they give you one freebie.
1: Yeah, I do. I think that's how it works. I think, like, the day before orientation, they're like, all right, go say goodbye to one of your loved ones and tell them to move on.
0: So she tells Piper, you know, like, look, I love Leo a lot, but I had a whole life, and You know, if you love someone, then you should love them while you can before they get blown up in war. And Piper's like, hmm, that's a good, solid point. I'm going to go have sex with your dead husband. I mean, I'm going to go have sex with someone who's not your dead husband. Bye.
1: So back at the Hollowell Manor, Charlene is talking about how she died, trying to remember who the demon was.
0: And her big thing is, like, she
1: i wonder
0: Hmm. Hmm. her big thing is that she wants to kill the demon that killed her
1: yeah i I wonder if
0: that means she's a different kind of ghost than mark was because mark's thing was just he wanted he he wanted to make sure that his body was buried properly so that yama wouldn't get him he didn't have like a vengeance mission but that other ghost who was like who, the prisoner who was electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a vengeance mission. I wonder if she's that kind of ghost.
1: Well, I mean, you can definitely die with unfinished business. That's... And, and your unfinished business can probably be just about anything. Although... Isn't I mean, her
0: unfinished business not finishing that paper?
1: Her unfinished business is that she never made her father love her. Ugh. That's why she's going to finish her business by getting that other father to be happy because...
0: Any father can love her as long as it's a father. Oh, God. Ugh. Also, her dad was sad that she was dead. What more th-
1: <laughs> What more does she want? What
0: more does she want? I mean, honestly, I really feel like her unfinished business should be publishing that paper, but...
1: I mean. eh. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the library, Phoebe's looking over Charlene's notes with her. And she's like, wow, you really did have this all correct. This would have been an amazing paper. Which I feel like is just rubbing salt <laughs> in the wounds.
0: <laughs> Too bad you're dead. <laughs> So then Phoebe and Charlene go off into the stacks together without Prue, the one with the active power. Phoebe, do you not remember the premonition you had about yourself dying? Why are you bringing out Ghost for backup?
1: Why are you putting yourself exactly where you were in your death premonition? Like, at least stay out of that corner of the library.
0: So she grabs the book, but there's no one there. Oh. Uh. Which, you know, hmm. Phoebe uh, looks over at Prue and Piper and then gets grabbed.
1: This is a real horror movie fake-out, you know? She pulls back the book. Ah, wait, there's nothing there. She looks over like, what the hell? And then when she looks back, there he is. Like, it's a real horror movie fake-out.
0: So, he gets ready to chop off Phoebe's head now that they're in a second location, but... Charlene jumps into the portal. Charlene jumps into the portal, and she got her ghost mojo going fast, Because she stabs him.
1: She grabs his scythe away from him. By the way, when we talk about him grabbing them and, like, transporting them to somewhere else, I feel like we need to be clear that he didn't transport them to some demon dimension. They just transported to the basement.
0: Yeah, to a different part of the library. Of
1: the building he was already in.
0: So Charlene voips back to, uh, Prue and, uh, Piper and Prue Astral Projects into the basement. She she goes back to tell them where uh, Phoebe got Voiped to.
1: So this is important. Prue Astral Projects down into the basement, casts the vanquishing spell. Power of one spell. I was going to say, Prue is able to cast the vanquish spell in her astral form, even though she can't use telekinesis in her astral form.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I guess since it's not technically like a power of three thing, she can just use, like, a vanquishing spell that would work for any witch.
1: Yeah, so, because we, we talked before about how casting a spell seems to be different from using your innate Charmed One power.
0: Yeah, or any active power.
1: Well, so my question now, which I don't think will ever be answered in the show, but she was able to vanquish because, as you say, it was a vanquishing spell that any single witch could cast. If she was in her astral form, can they do a power of three spell?
0: You know, I I think they would be able to. I feel like power of three spells aren't, like, active power-y. e. I feel like it falls under the purview of spell? spell work. Yeah, Even
1: though it's a spell that only a charmed one can cast?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I think she'd be able to. But the demon explodes. I do like how Prue books it through the spell. Because normally it feels like they take... their sweet time yeah they they take their sweet time to read the uh to read the poems but she just bangs that couplet out and the guy's
1: he actually seems to go into his scythe Hmm. which makes sense because when charmed ones vanquish someone like that's the only time that a demon really is vanquished and never coming back except sometimes sometimes they'll come back Whereas this is, like you said, something a singular witch would do, and then the Charmed Ones would find the side later in some auction house.
0: Mm. So they're like, Charlene, what's your ghost ass still doing here? And she's like, I don't know. I Are you sure he's dead? Is this like the whole Demon of Illusion thing last episode? And they're like, how do you know about that? And she's like, they, shut up. They
1: actually do bring that up.
0: Yeah. They're like, are we sure he's dead? Because, I mean, they've had a few false start vanquishes before. Uh, the Demon of Illusion... Uh, the evil Cupid guy?
1: Mm, yes. I'm just, I think given that there was a, a non-vanquish just last week, they really did need to be like, no, 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 audience, this isn't that, don't worry.
0: So, the guy's definitely dead, but the ghost has not moved on, so they need to find a way to, you know, move her on.
1: Well, as I said before, the real problem is that her dad never loved her. Mm-hmm. Also, I like that when she comes back in, she's levitating, and they're like, oh my god, Charlene, you got your ghost powers down. And she's like, yeah, I'm really smart. That's why I died, remember?
0: God, yeah, it took that one murderer ghost, like, 11 million years to figure out how to walk through walls. Although Mark was doing that day one, so.
1: Yeah, but remember, not only was she really smart, she's really smart about demonology. So she smashes up some plates because... She can do that now too. She can interact with objects.
0: And after she smashes the plates, the uh, flyer with uh, the guy's murdered daughter falls to the ground and proves like, oh, my plot. Maybe if you help us wrap up my plot, that'll resolve your issues and you can go to heaven. And she's like, I guess. I
1: Maybe know. that's the thing you're supposed to do before you leap out of here.
0: Yeah, they they try to justify this at the end of the episode with, oh, it's the universe moving parts together in the universe nah, yeah, i'm not buying it either but whatever
1: i mean i i don't have a problem with this guy getting his come offense so i'm okay with that
0: yeah but i don't think the universe need to kill some random college student so that they would have a ghost on hand
1: okay i agree with you but i i mean no but i agree with you
0: so evil pawn shop guy is evilly wandering around his evil pawn shop is he mr gold i mean like
1: oh my gosh he's a very well no he's not but we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. we'll talk about who he is when we get to premonitions so so i keep
0: wanting to call her chloe or clovis charlene
1: Uh, charlene she goes into the pawn shop and he can't see her right but she is a ghost and she can interact with objects now so she locks the door And then she flips his sign from opened to closed. I love that detail. And he grabs his gun and for
0: some ghost shooting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, bad news for you, guy. Uh, You know what? This is if I died in the Charmed universe, I would I would never finish my unfinished business because I would totally just be going around like she is. She like picks up a guitar because she can interact with objects, but not other things. She types on a typewriter.
0: This is why they had to establish that she immediately picked up on doing all this ghost stuff. Because Mark was also a very smart guy, but it took him, like, a really long time to start. Not a really long time, like, a day in universe to be able to, like, pick up small objects. Yeah. So they needed to be like, oh, she's like a ghost prodigy. So she can just throw stuff around the room and write Charlene's name. i uh, no, Charlene's the ghost, right? Tyra. Write Tyra's name on a typewriter a whole bunch. And she can, you know, float a poster of Tyra in front of the guy's face and then crumple it into a ball and shove it in his mouth.
1: Yeah, she she starts to choke him with the Tyra flyer, which I feel like is, is pretty, uh, I like it.
0: And then she chases him through a plate glass window. Well,
1: because she locked the door so that he couldn't get out. So he has to dive through the window and he's like... Yes, I did kill her! And Daryl's there to arrest him. You know what? Daryl, like, he he complains a lot about the Charmed Ones, but he literally got an arrest. All he had to do was be where they told him to be, and the guy literally threw himself at him and confessed.
0: Prue is wearing her accusing pigtails.
1: Okay, I love Prue's <laughs> outfit. I, I just have really liked all of her outfits this this episode but she's wearing a leopard print coat and a cute little hat and yes her accusing pigtails (laughs)
0: it's it's just a bizarre outfit to wear to i don't know what you what you would call this event it's a bizarre outfit to wear to a murderer unveiling yep but okay so the girl's dad is like i feel at peace and I'll never be over my daughter's death, but I loved her and I can take some small comfort in the fact that uh, she is going to see justice. And he, he, any... does,
1: he does say that he wished he could tell her one more time that he loved her.
0: And Charlene's like, "Up, oh, a dad said that he loved his daughter in my general vicinity. That's enough to make me ascend to heaven. Whoa! Yeah,
1: she's going to like intercept that I love you.
0: <laughs> Dibs! <laughs> He, he also says he wished that uh, he wished that he could tell Tyra how much uh, he loved her, and they all look at the ghost and they're like, "I think she's gonna get the message," which makes no sense to him, but Sh- whatever.
1: Charl- Charlene I'll, Charlene will tell her when she gets to heaven.
0: She's gonna be like, "Hey, Tyra, your dad says hi."
1: She does. I mean, we've been making a lot of jokes this episode. I feel like I need to clarify. She does literally say. If I couldn't make my own father happy, at least I could make some father happy. Ugh. Like, what, what the hell, Brad Kurd? <laughs> what do you think father-daughter relationships are?
0: Who cares? Goo-goo dolls!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Goo-goo dolls.
0: I don't want to be mean.
1: But fight through it.
0: I like this song. But the lead singer's aesthetic reminds me so much of Busy Phillips' husband from Girls Five Ever. Five Ever.
1: God, yes, he does look like Andrew Ronaldson's character in (laughs) in Girls Five Ever.
0: It's just, it's the hair, and I know it was the style at the time, but...
1: as was the style at the time. So, oh.
0: Oh, there's a subplot that we kind of (laughs) forgot to mention the whole episode, where...
1: Prue doesn't want to sign her father's birthday card because he abandoned them?
0: Phoebe doesn't want to sign it. It's weird because... Well, Prue
1: doesn't want to sign it either. The, you're, you're right, you're right, though. The, the Phoebe one is the weird one. Go ahead.
0: No, no. It's the weird thing that Prue wanted to send him a birthday card, even though the other two didn't. Even though that's a complete reversal of the way that their relationship with him was.
1: No, no, it's Piper who wanted to send the card. Are you sure? Positive.
0: Okay. I thought it was Prue because it weirded me out that she and Phoebe completely switched. Uh...
1: No, no, it's it's Piper. And it, that makes sense to me because she's in a serious relationship now. So she's probably like thinking over, you know, rehashing all of her other relationships.
0: Also, she was pretty lukewarm on the whole. Like, in the beginning, Phoebe loved their dad and forgave him for everything instantly. Mm-hmm. Prue had very, very serious issues with her dad because... He left, and then she was parentified after their mom died. hmm And Piper was... Oatmeal. Yeah. She was not too hot, nor was she too cold. She was like, you know what? He left us whatever. Who cares?
1: I don't like this. And I don't like this because he never contacts them on their birthday. And they're like, maybe it's time we stop trying to reach out to him. Like, maybe we have to stop. And the moral that they're all supposed to learn is we shouldn't give up on him and i don't think that's a good moral
0: i mean this plot point was like barely in the episode
1: i know i'm i it's it's not bad enough to make me not like the episode it's just brad kern do you really think that that's the way women should respond when men abandon them
0: i do think it is I, i do sort of like The implication that it's following up on their last encounter with their dad, where Phoebe lost a lot of the faith and trust she had in him, Mm -hmm. which is why she's reticent about sending him the card. Yeah, but, but... And Prue, who was always incredibly anti their dad, was like, you know what, I'm just gonna accept that he's this guy who's unreliably in our lives, and I'm going to let go of the resentment I have for him abandoning us. So they kind of switch positions in that confronting, in confronting their bad relationship with him, they kind of flip positions because Bruce's like, oh, I'm not angry about it anymore because I'm just numb now. And Phoebe's like, I'm not actively seeking this man's love anymore. So I'm super pissed at him.
1: I, yeah, I guess. I just, I feel like you can move past it and you don't need to send it mccard on his birthday like you can move past it and that doesn't mean that you have to keep trying like there's no water in that well
0: yeah whatever we're gonna have new dad soon
1: yeah it's true
0: and then all of this will be discontinuity
1: so piper goes to talk to leo about the fact that he used to be married and he's like yeah i did not want to tell you because i thought you might do something really really bad like track down my wife
0: i thought you might completely flip out of me and she's like no we're not at those seasons yet it's true. It's true. But she's like, I met your wife. She had a good life. She seemed like a neat lady. And he's like, Yeah, oh, well, I'm attracted to a lot of neat ladies. Wink, wink. Also, do we have to worry about neighbor Dan? Because of, you know, the way he physically assaulted me out of nowhere. And she's like, eh. Eh. Just listen to the Goo Dolls. It's fine.
1: Right? Leo's like, do you think it's possible that Dan will actually figure out the truth? And Piper's like, oh, don't worry. If we learned anything, it's that if he does come close, a demon will eat him.
0: Problem solved! Also, everyone in the club is dancing to this Goo Goo Dolls song, which is not the sort of song I think one dances to, but whatever.
1: Oh, that's funny. I didn't think you were going to bring that up. I thought you were going to bring up the thing that kind of bothers me in all of these TV shows is that they'll have a major band playing because integration with the tv show mm-hmm. but then the scenes will be happening while the band is playing and i'm like that's not that doesn't feel correct to me
0: no it was more i don't think of the goo goo dolls as really doing music you dance to so that too. It's, it's weird to see everyone going like you can't see my manic sexualized dancing but be assured that it was happening
1: it was um it was a thing
0: you but like and also, you know that those people couldn't actually... They weren't actually performing. So those people were dancing to nothing. It's they, true. They didn't know what they were supposed to be dancing to. So all of those dance moves just don't go with the song at all. But whatever. It's fine. So that'll do it. We, we made a lot of jokes at this episode, but honestly, it's...
1: This is a solid episode.
0: Yeah, we're on a run of really good episodes. This is
1: a good season.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised because i i don't think about the second season that often but uh, because it's all we're waiting for cole we're waiting for chris i'm sure most people weren't but or aren't but we're super psyched for chris but you know we're waiting for cole we're waiting for chris and then we're just gonna wait for it to end
1: (laughs) so shall we do our segments
0: uh yes much like the charmed ones we have our own power of three uh let's Activate the first power, premonition, where we look into the past, present, and future and see which actor is, was, or will become famous. I didn't recognize anyone other than the Goo Goo Dolls, but uh, you got some people. I have
1: a few people, actually. Uh, First, I want to talk about the most obvious one, which is Cleavon Derricks, who played Cleavon Wilson.
0: The dad of the murdered girl. Right. The dad of the murdered girl we saw on camera.
1: So he was already... Pretty prominent amongst nerds he is one of the main characters in sliders he's Rembrandt oh huh. so uh-huh. and okay 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 so Peggy Stewart is the woman who played Lillian and I just want to say that Lillian Lillian Wyatt Leo's first wife
0: ah uh, oh gross they both have the same initials that I know it's not a thing
1: <laughs> so Someone on the Charmed Wiki, I feel like really is is like a fan of hers or a friend of hers or her because her her section is super filled out, even though this is the only episode she appears in. And and by her, I, I mean Peggy Stewart, the actress, not, I would expect Lillian Wyatt to have kind of a long entry. She was Leo's wife.
0: Mm. Although so, I don't really think she comes up again after this.
1: Yeah. But anyway, one of the things on her little section, even though she only appears in this one episode, is that Peg, Peg Stewart is in the club of actors who appear in both Charmed and Buffy.
0: It's a pretty big club. Who is she in Buffy?
1: She's Principal Snyder's, like, secretary, like the school secretary. We only see her in Band Candy. She gets, she, she gets you, she gets,
0: uh... Oh, is she, is she the, uh, hello little tree... When they uh, meet Willow, at the, when uh, they meet all the teachers who got uh, stoned at the bronze or yeah, yeah. euthanized at the
1: <laughs> That's why I stopped myself before said that word. I didn't mean it like that. But yes, that's, that's her. Yeah. But I also think that it takes a lot of confidence to put that on her entry when this episode also includes Jeremy Roberts, who is a member of this club and is Kakistos.
0: Wait, who is Jeremy Roberts in this episode? Oh, he's the
1: Pawn Shop owner.
0: Oh, oh, and he was Kikistos who only appeared in one episode of Buffy, but is really, really important to Faith's backstory. Yeah,
1: he killed Faith's original watcher. Yeah. Yeah. But Not,
0: not that Faith's original watcher was doing that bang up of a job before being killed by Kikistos, but. Yeah. I mean, he was basically the master for Faith. He was Faith's version yeah. of the master.
1: Right. And, and and in a world where, you know, the Art was unsuccessful. The last person that I wanted to mention is probably the least prominent. It's it's Crystal Michelle, who is Tyra, the, the murdered girl.
0: Yeah, who we only see as a poster. We don't actually see her as a person.
1: Right, she's not even credited on the show. I only know this from IMDb. But I was looking up who she was, and she's so cool! She's... She's a stunt woman and a stunt driver. Ooh. Like if you go down her IMDb basically every show she's been on being, you know, either a stunt woman or or you know credited as a stunt driver and she has uh she is the stunt double for shuri in avengers oh wow it, yeah it, um it, weirdly she was not credited as her stunt double on black panther although she was a stunt double on black panther but she was credited as shuri's stunt double in the avengers movies so huh i, I don't know if maybe that her credits are just incomplete she's been in a lot of stuff anyway i thought that was the coolest premonition
0: yeah it's weird so many nobody jumped out at me but we had, we had a lot of premonitions this week yeah which will take us to our second segment, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode for you? Okay, obviously the Goo Goo Dolls. I mean,
1: it's the Goo Goo Dolls.
0: But Prue's look, uh, the whole... I mean, that's more of a loose thing, because sundresses with something over them is a little bit timeless, but the jeans jacket does kind of really place in the late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Also, I do have to say the fact that we had a whole subplot about trying to dig up facts about leo's past and nobody went to like the, the internet, internet. <laughs> yeah. i mean we we do we do know that she tracked that piper tracked lillian down through the internet but we don't see it and i feel like
0: dan specifically says that he was not trying to find information on leo that his brother works for the fbi and he just happened to find it was okay dan whatever
1: <laughs> yeah
0: sure dan but, yeah, that might do it for time freeze.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's it for me. This is a pretty timeless episode about daddy issues and getting revenge.
0: Uh, so, our last segment, telekinesis, what genuinely moved you this episode? If anything.
1: Oh, no, I mean, I like this episode. You, you go first.
0: So, for me, it was the scene where uh, Clavant was talking to the girls about how This didn't really solve anything. Like his daughter's still dead. Yeah, like they're like, well, we hope you can, you know, find peace now that your daughter's murderer is gonna face justice. And he's like, no, a part of me is missing forever. Like, I'm glad that there's resolution. I'm glad that he's going to jail. But I thought I would feel this relief, and I'm just not feeling it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably the same for me. Honestly, it was I. To, to to talk about the TV tropes page, it's, like, real-life fears it's just, with that I agree to the extent that it was even too much. It was too much, but, yeah, you know, it was good. It was all well done. It was yep. too much because it was good.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, even in this episode, Charmed has a tendency to kind of portray death lightly. Like, when Phoebe finds out that someone she knew from school dies...
1: She just goes into the library to study.
0: Yeah, she just kind She's got sh-
1: exams coming.
0: She just kind of shrugs it off, and the fact that they really make you feel the death of a character who we don't see outside of a, a leaflet, I, I feel like maybe they might have been a good idea to cut Piper's plot altogether and head more with Charlotte. Was it Charlotte?
1: Uh, Tyra was the daughter, and uh, Charlene is the... Charlene.
0: I feel like we should have had more with Charlene and her dad. I feel like maybe we should like have... Like, maybe he should have se- appeared? Yeah. But...
1: Especially... Okay, not to, like, Monday morning quarterback here. Especially Monday,
0: several decades <laughs> later, quarterback.
1: <laughs> not to 2021 morning quarterback here. But he taught a class on demons that we find out Phoebe was always talking... It- like... There had to have been a budgeting reason that they set it up like this where Phoebe runs into Charlene in the library, doesn't remember her, and Charlene is like, yeah, remember in my dad's class when you were always talking about demons, and that we didn't get that scene. Maybe they couldn't get all the extras in to do that scene. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, the library is pretty sparsely populated.
1: Yeah, it should have been a scene where we saw the classroom, we saw the father, like... This definitely should have been a show-don't-tell thing.
0: Hmm. I mean, this episode was still good, so... Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. But I was going to say that it's weird the way we portray death on Charmed because the afterlife is not a big deal. Like, Graham still shows up. Their mom eventually is going to show up.
0: Yeah, you're right. It does kind of take the sting out of death a bit, the fact that we know where people go after they die
1: so the thing that's tragic about death is how it feels to the people left behind and that's what the focus was in this story or i mean the focus of this one subplot
0: and honestly that's really what's going to make prue's Deathland later just not the
1: effect it has on piper
0: yeah not the absence of shannon doherty but really how well holly marie combs sells grief grief and i know it's i know i should save this for when it actually comes up and i know it's because they didn't have access to shannon doherty but it 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 feels like it should be a cheap explanation that you can't see her yet you can't contact her on the other side yet because her death needs to be real for you like she she is literally barred from talking to you she's here she's with us but we can't let you see her because you need to let her be dead that's like i do really like that even though it's just them talking around why can't she just show up as a ghost all the time
1: why does she have to have a completely different face when she shows up in the comics shannon's already didn't sell her likeness rights
0: god ugh.
1: Uh, Should we talk about next week's episode?
0: Yes. All right. Let's talk about next week's episode.
1: Next, we are talking about Astral Monkey and the...
0: This is a show punishing us, right? (laughs) We were just talking about how many good episodes we had, so the show has to do the one where monkeys get the Charmed One's powers.
1: The doctor that treated Piper when she was critically ill discovers and gains the Hallowell's powers...
0: Also, how easy is it to get the Halliwell's powers? You can just, like, put some of their blood into chimpanzees, and then the chimpanzees have their powers? Okay.
1: <sighs> you know what? I kind of can't wait to talk about that episode. Yeah. But not yet. We will save that for next time.
0: Yep. I. I, I... Yes.
1: Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd also like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Cruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If
0: you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be contacted at Zines on Twitter or at Zines at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Hallowell Manor.